Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome, everybody, to the Hammer and Rails podcast, coming to you live this time from DeMott, Indiana. I'm your host, Andrew Ledman. And I'm Casey Bartley. And we are here to talk about the uh, Purdue victory over the Incarnate Word Cardinals, 79-59, yesterday, well, Monday? Yeah, Monday in Mackey Arena. Yesteryear. Yeah, you know, the in the past times. Uh, and then we're going to look at the upcoming game against Nichols which is apparently what they're calling themselves now. They're no longer Nichols State. So, so if Kim that name's lying to me? I Well, everything in their marketing, both for the upcoming Purdue game and on their website, says just they call themselves Nichols now. Do you think and it took like, them this long to realize Nichols wasn't a state? You know, I think it was the 51st state, and I think there was some chicanery mm. going on there, and then they realized uh, they're never going to really get statehood that way, so they just kind of dropped it. That's fair. Yeah. So that is what we're going to do on this podcast. We know it is the Christmas season for many of our listeners, so there's going to be a lot of traveling. And I think if you're anything like me, that means you're falling behind on podcasts. So we're going to what do about our best. road tripping, though, Ledman? Well, let me say this. If you're road tripping with a toddler, you don't often get to control what's ah, on the radio. Same thing it, with a girlfriend. It's a lot of – yeah, yeah, that can happen too. But, uh, you know, my, my toddler, he's just about 19 months old. Uh, so he's he's learned the word no uh, <laughs> in the not too distant past. And if you're playing music and he doesn't like the song, he just says he just says no no. So you just have to change it because he's in the back seat. He's in the back seat. I'm in the front. I'm driving. My wife is back there with him. And like, what am I gonna do? Be like, no, I'm listening to this song. I'm gonna just change this, change the song, and let it move on. I mean, first of all, yes, that's why I would be a bad parent because I would. But I just love the fact you have audio Siskel and Ebert in the back. Oh, I know, just I know. Thumbs down and yeah, it's like it's like Statler and Waldorf from the Muppets, just up there in the balcony shouting at me. Taylor Swift again, like, no. Dad? No. No, <laughs> I'm not a Swifty dad. Not 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 for me. I thought you were in for Swift. No, that I am. Okay. I'm saying Quentin is telling Quentin, me no. He's yes. like no. He's like no. Change it. I don't like to listen to Taylor's version. <laughs> I like John Mayer. I don't. I don't need the 10 minute long song. It's so good. Uh, it is a good song. Uh, I will admit that. Um, so 
I think we've had a sufficient detour there, um, and we're back to talking about Purdue Incarnate Word. Casey, as you know, I was in attendance at this game. That's right. How was it? It's your first time in like 400 years somehow? Yes, you went from, 400 years. You went from head of the paint crew to... Yeah. Well, vice president. But I don't. If Matt Lake is listening to this, I don't want him to think I'm usurping his power. You went from the Mike Pence of the paint crew <laughs> to... <laughs> To an 11-year absence or something crazy? No, it, I, I realized it wasn't that long okay. when, um, you know, because uh, the Internet knows everything. And when you go on your Facebook, you can find your, your Facebook memories. And uh, I went to a Purdue-Vanderbilt game. Uh, let's see. I can actually pull it up right now. It was back in 2015. So it's been six years uh, since I was, it was, was at a, great game. a game at Mac Arena. Well, I can't – honestly, I can't even remember – if we won or lost in 2015 against Vanderbilt. I'm so, pretty uh, sure we lost. Yep, 81 to 71. Nope, that was on the no, road. There you, you lied to me. I, oh, well, I didn't lie to you. I think the internet lied to you. That was an away game, Ledman. Uh, we hosted them in 2016. Oh, well, then. And we won 68-55. Whoever posted this Facebook status, it says, is watching <laughs> Vanderbilt Commodores versus, versus Purdue Boilermakers. Wait, did I say? No, it's Van, yeah, Vanderbilt. Surely we beat Vanderbilt, right? Uh, we lost in 2015 on the road. They had a decent squad then, and then we won the following year at Mac. Okay. Okay, so I must have been in the – I don't know. Anyway, I was at a basketball game in 2015 is what it boils down to. Yes. Uh, so this was the first time I've been there uh, to Mackey since 2015, and it was just as beautiful as I remember. Uh, you know, uh, it was just great being in the arena, um, seeing the – the hype up video live for the first time in, in so long and first time obviously since Larry Clisby's passing and seeing him in that video uh choked me up a little bit and seeing his banner in the stands and um you know he was such a big part of my Purdue fandom growing up uh that it's really nice to honor him uh in any way that Purdue can so that was pretty great to see but overall just being in the arena even though it was a bit of a snoozer of a game uh was pretty great so uh, Casey, I assume you watched it at home uh, on a lovely 70-inch TV. Damn right. It was fine. It was <laughs> okay. boring. And, it was an awful yeah. game. So I I guess, cool, we booked a game with an alumni coach. That's a garbage program. They were so bad that we didn't play hard well the entire game. No, not at all. And we just looked kind of lazy out our, there. And we still won by 20. So here, here's my problem with this game and how this did not help us at all and just hurt us. We were ranked, I believe, 39th in Ken Palm on defensive efficiency going in to play Incarnate Word at home. We're ranked 41st now. We got yeah. worse. We allowed them to shoot 12 of 27 from three. Yeah, I was about to point that Wide out. They shot, four, they shot 44%, and many of those threes were not contested. There was one I can remember specifically uh, where Incarnate Word got the, got the open look in the corner, and Brandon Newman was, you know, I, I say charging, but I'm putting it in air quotes, but this is a not a visual medium, so you can't see it, out to uh, contest the shot. Didn't really raise an arm, just was like kind of jogging toward him, and the guy sinks it. And you could just tell that the, the team wasn't extremely motivated for this game because they knew they could just overpower this team. And, I mean, they were right. Um, the game was never really in question, even though Incarnate Word started out uh, with a quick lead, but it, it wasn't a question – of who was going to win this game. Everybody on the floor knew it. Everybody in Mackey Arena knew it. But I'm okay with a game like this. I know it's not great for the Ken Palm rankings and um, looking at your NCAA profile, but every team in the country plays games like this, and if we can help, 
um, a former Purdue basketball player uh, who's now the coach there, Carson Cunningham. I'm fine with it. I mean, you're going to have a bye. How would you feel if we lost a player to injury because we decided to play the stupid incarnate word game? But that would have nothing to do with who they're playing. They're going to play a cupcake anyway. So I would have rather just had the week off. Let them have Christmas week off. Oh yeah, but you don't get to choose how many games you play. You Man. you can't just say no, we'll pass. We, we should have. Yeah, that's not an option. Um, and, and and I don't know if they showed this on TV. Speaking of Carson Cunningham, I thought it was really cool. Uh, what what the uh, folks at Purdue basketball did when they introduced him, they they went through his lifetime career stats at Purdue, mentioned that he led a team to the Elite Eight. Um, and introduced in that way, and, and the Mackey Arena faithful gave him a standing ovation and a pretty good round of applause. Um, for those not in attendance, I didn't know if it was on TV, so I wanted to mention that because I thought it was a nice little it touch was, by everyone involved. Do you know what I'm really mad at? I'm, I'm just what? really, really mad at that referee that blew his whistle and took that Sasha Stefanovich dunk away from us. Oh, I know. I like, know. That would have made the game worth it. Like, I yeah, couldn't believe he, it. I'm like, oh, he just burst. Oh, oh. And he even he even tweeted after the game, Sasha did, that, you know, now you can all stop yelling at me to dunk or something to that effect because he showed that he did it. And when that happened, all the people around me um, were going, I didn't know he could dunk. Turns out he can dunk. It's like, I mean. Yeah, uh, like 6'5". Yeah, I mean, if, I think everyone just assumed he could dunk, right? I mean, I, it was never a question for me. I mean, we've had a lot of guys that similar to his profile. Like, I don't think Dakota could dunk. Oh, I bet Dakota could dunk. You think? Yeah, I think so. Ah, I would not be shocked if he couldn't. I mean, I'm not saying it would be a nice-looking dunk, but uh, I think he could dunk. dunk? No, I don't. I'm not (laughs) sure. I think that's just a matter of height. Although, you know, height's not the only only factor because we all saw uh, Lewis Jackson could dunk the ball, and he certainly was shorter than Isaiah Thompson. And also throw it really hard off the back of the backboard. So we're obviously just as engaged with this incarnate word game as the Purdue basketball team was. one of the one of the things that stood out to me is Purdue was really poor at the free throw line, eight of fifteen. And this is one of those games where it's not going to matter. You know, it's strange to nitpick a little statistics like this in a game where you win by twenty and you didn't really put in much of an effort. But in Big Ten season and further on down the line in the Big Ten tournament or NCAA tournament, that's the kind of thing that could come back to bite them. And it's something that we need to pay attention to because free throws can truly make a difference from one game to another. And in Big Ten season, when it's going to be coming down to single digits against a lot of these tougher teams, it's something that Purdue has to work on and has to be able to take advantage of. Because with guys like Edie and Trevion Williams getting to the hoop, they're going to get fouled and they're going to be sent to the line, and we have to get those points. Yeah, that's a big thing, because those are, those are two of the best guys in the country drawing fouls. They're going to get to the line a lot. They're going to get to the line in high-leverage situations. Trey actually is usually better the more important the free throw is. But, yeah, he stepped to the line today and took two line drives to start. Just yeah, those were very attempts. bad. Just real bad. So if we could yeah, focus up a little more and knock that off, and Edie's kind of trailing back down. He's still at 72%, but for a while there he was close to 80% to start the yeah. season. So. Yeah, and, and he was one of four, and Purdue started the game 0 for 5 from the free throw line. Um, so that's obviously not something you want, but – Overall, it, it didn't matter, but like I said, that's something that we should keep an eye on. Uh, the rebounding, I thought, was impressive, but again, take into account who they're playing. Uh, Incarnate Word only grabbed 23 versus 46 for uh, Purdue. So when you can double up your opponent in rebounds, that's pretty nice. So we'll take that any day of the week. Um, is there anything really that stood out to you 
uh, on the Purdue side of the ball because I don't think, other than number 11 from uh, Incarnate Word getting mouthy and trying to start something with Mason Gillis, I don't think there's really anything that they did that we need to talk about. No, um, the concern for Eric Hunter grows deeper and deeper. He can't even get a shot. Yeah. He can't even create a look against Incarnate Word, and he's now under 30% shooting from three. It is a problem. His offensive rating has dropped to 92.5, just cratering, and he's already the lowest on the team. So that's That was going to be my question if he was at the bottom of the team there. Oh, it's not even close. The The next high, the next lowest is 111.9, Brandon. And Newman. what – that's – there you go. You answered my question. Um, Newman, at least, I mean, he was two of six for three. Uh, he had five rebounds. Um, so I'll take that as a little bit of an improvement for Newman, but they are still the two guys on the team, him and Hunter Jr., that I'm most worried about. Um, you know, I don't know if it's a regression from last year, if it's being removed from the starting lineup, um, if there's a number of factors, but we certainly need more out of them uh, as we get ready to head into Big Ten season with just one more non-conference game set on the schedule. Yeah, uh, I mean, I think we're starting to see the rotation kind of figure itself out. Morton keeps getting more minutes and Brandon Newman keeps getting less and we're not seeing much on the court that would suggest that's going to change at all. Yeah. Yeah. And again, um, Ethan Morton only took one shot, a three pointer, but he made it. Uh, is pretty good right now. Yeah. Yeah. He, he's really surprising me so far, uh, with, with his shot. Um, now a lot of it has been against teams that have not been maybe, you know, top tier. So we'll see how that goes once big 10 conference play rolls around, but um, he has been uh, a big surprise with how well he shot. So uh, I really am looking forward to how he can do the rest of the year. Yeah, uh, that there's nothing more you can really take from this game. It's just that that was not a team that's not even a D1 talent. So yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, like I said, I know you have a problem with with playing a team like this, but you're gonna play cupcakes, so you might as well help out um, a friend and a former Boilermaker. So I appreciate um, Matt Painter and the and the Purdue team. Um, bringing in Incarnate Word, getting them some money and and maybe a little exposure because I know, like you mentioned in the last episode, um, Carson Cunningham was one guy that Painter apparently talked to, and there may have actually been an offer uh, for the open assistant coach position that, that Painter had in the off season. But um, he chose to stay at Incarnate Word as the head coach and and work from there. Now, whether that continues in the future, should Painter have another opening, I don't know. Um, but it would, you know, I, I like I said, I, I, I just I appreciate the sentiment of, of helping out a Boilermaker. So uh, you're not going to hear any complaints about this game from me. So uh, anything else on uh, what you're looking for uh, to take away from this game or anything uh, that kind of stands out? Nope. I wish I didn't. Think I so. wish we'd take it a little more seriously. Yeah, that would have been nice. I mean, I don't you could you could see the effort was kind of maybe 75 percent. That's. It's concerning because our defense hadn't been sharp all season. So yeah, it would have yeah, been nice if they they went a little bit like, all right, we're gonna we're gonna show that we can lock in. But it is what it is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, nothing we can do. They still won by twenty despite the lackluster effort. So uh, we'll take a win any way we can, and we'll move on. So uh, we are gonna take a quick break. Come back and look ahead uh, at the next spot on the schedule, uh, and then that'll be it for us today. So we will be right back with you. And we are back. So coming up on this schedule for Purdue basketball, just one remaining non-conference game. It is going to be at home uh, December 29th, which is a week from the date of this recording, uh, versus Nichols. Again, that is Nichols. Used to be Nichols State. They apparently now just go by Nichols. 
So huge change there. Make sure that's on your programs. Um, Casey, is there anything we need to know about Nichols? Or is oh, this one of yeah, those games is. where we can say, oh, oh, there is? Let's, let's hear it. I love it. Uh, we are about to watch a six foot one, 200-pound senior guard just shoot the ball constantly over and over again. Ty Gordon is a uh, percentage of shots taken uh, 12th in the country. Oh, my. Nearly 34% of his possessions end with him taking a shot. Holy crap. Yeah. He, how, how much does he average a game? Oh, I don't have counting stats up. That's silly. <laughs> I'm going to guess, looking by his game-by-game uh, game record, above 20. So right around 21, 22 points a game. He, he has taken double-digit three-point attempts in his last eight games. He shot oh at least 10 three-pointers. So wait, what was it? Was, you said it was Ty Gordon? Ty Gordon. Yeah, he averages 20.4 points per game. Shoots a lot. He's going to have the ball in his hand the entire day. So it will be interesting to watch. You know, we watched, we sat through that Incarnate Word game when the single player on the court that was challenging. We are at least going to see our perimeter guards, you know, Isaiah Thompson, Eric Hunter. They're going to get challenged by Ty Gordon. He is, he's good. He's capable. He can score. He's dangerous. Just guarding a guy, you know, that's going to shoot at any time is a good challenge. Uh, something good to see. Uh, he put up 26 points against Wisconsin. In a that's, a, that's a pretty impressive. December 15th, they lost 71-68. to 68. So not only did he put up a bunch of points, it was in a close game against the Big Ten team. Uh, he, You know, he's good. Not the most efficient shooter, but he is a dangerous guard, and we haven't really seen many of those this year. Yeah, and it looks like he shoots just under 40% from three. Yep. So with the Purdue defense – you know, having a little bit of trouble guarding the uh, perimeter this year, he could be one who could make a, a big difference in that game. Yeah, he's taken 85 threes on the year. Uh, no, one, no one else on his team has taken 30. Oh, wow. So he's he is the perimeter threat. Well, it's Curry all over again. Yeah, well, well not Purdue, did pretty well, Purdue did pretty well against him in the uh, wooden tradition in Indy. So We ain't got uh, no if, Kramers on this team. Yeah, well... I don't think this guy's Steph Curry, so you know, we'll take a little of this, a little of that. Um, is there anything else we need to know, know about him? Otherwise, I, I want to look ahead at where we're going after Nichols. Uh, no, they're pretty solid. They do a decent job of defending the three-point shot, and uh, this this is an actual like college team. So okay, this is going to be a, so we should, a much better game. Should be effort-wise, should be on the court. Like this will not hurt as much as the Incarnate Word game did. So we'll learn a lot more, uh, hopefully, in this game. All right. So after that, that is the last non-conference game, and then we head into Big Ten season. We talked about this in the podcast. uh, As Purdue was preparing to be ranked number one, we looked at how tough the month of January was going to be for Purdue. Um, You know, we've got a game at Michigan, at Illinois, at Indiana, at Iowa, and then home against Ohio State. Um, You know, there's more games in January than that, but that's just – the ones that I think are going to be pretty challenging. So we're not going to preview the Big Ten as a whole, but Casey, I want to ask you one question. Given what you've seen throughout the conference in the you know non-conference portion plus the early uh, season conference games, who do you think is Purdue's biggest challenge for a Big Ten crown this season? It's probably Illinois just because they have the highest ceiling in the conference uh, aside from us. Michigan's been a little underwhelming all season. They always play us tough, but they also do seem to have a lot of clunkers. 
Uh, Illinois is the one team that, you know, you could argue that their big is better than our best big on certain nights. So I definitely think Illinois is the biggest problem. I I like Holtum, Holtman at uh, Ohio State. I think that's a good program, but I don't think their talent scares me. They're not very quick. I feel like we're a more athletic, more dangerous team than them, and we have the size to match them down low. So I definitely think Illinois is the toughest team followed by Michigan. I, I think that matches up with pretty much exactly what I was going to say. There are a couple things I would point out, though. You can never count out a Michigan State team coached by Tom Izzo. Uh, they're sitting at 2-0 and in conference right now, but you know they're, they've not really looked like world beaters, um, not like the Michigan State uh, teams of the past have, but they're someone who they tend to get better as the season goes on. So there's something – there's some – someone there that I would like to continue to watch and keep an eye on. But I do think Illinois and Michigan um, are the two teams that worry me the most. So I, I would agree with you there. And, of course, going to Indiana is never easy for this Purdue team, any Purdue team. Um, so that I'm sure, regardless of where Indiana finishes in the Big Ten standings, I'm sure that will be a tough game, given that it is going to be Mike Woodson. Well, it's going to be Mike Woodson's first Purdue-IU game, and it will be at Assembly Hall, which is just mm-hmm. a terrible place to play. So uh, that one I, I always mm-hmm. look out for as well. All right. Well, there you not very you heard good. it here first. Like they're just not. No, I mean I I agree, but I mean Trace Jackson Davis is good. Uh, he just doesn't have enough around him for this Indiana team to truly be um, a difference maker in the conference I standings. I don't know if he's all that good. He, I mean, he's good, but he's, he's really not good as at dunking good as, the ball. As, like he's the best in-game yes. dunker in college, and that is his one elite <laughs> skill. And it looks. Listen, really I don't. I don't think you're giving him enough credit, but I also think other people in the media and those who Wait, are voting on All-American teams All-American. are giving him way too much credit. Yeah. Like, I mean, he was on how he was on a number of preseason All-American teams. He was listed as first team All-Big 10 um as a possibility of Big 10 player of the year. And don't get me wrong, I, like I said, I think he's good. I I give him more credit than you do, but I don't think he should be up there on an All-American team. He would be the third best player on a really good college team. <laughs> I'm just like he would be. He'd be our fourth best player. Now, see, now when this pro, when this podcast gets around and Trace Jackson Davis listens to it, tell me he's it. not the fourth best player on our team. You'd rather have him than Edie? No. You'd rather have him than Trey? No. You'd rather have him than Ivy? No. So like one A one B, whether he's better than Sasha. Or not. Oh, he. I, he, well, I mean, their positions are just so different. It's hard. Um, but value wise, value wise, I would think I would t- maybe take. Jackson Davis over I, Sasha. I don't know. But I, I, I lean towards valuing the super shooter over the tweener big man. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so that's what we're looking at for the Big Ten. Um, we'll obviously continue to monitor the conference as we go through. And so right now, you. And of course, of course, just you know, just because it's fun. And uh, we'll see if if any IU fans listen, and we'll get some good you good comments on our Facebook page like, with mentions. I've been ranting about IU basketball for five years, and I've not been wrong once because they suck. They do. They have been very bad, which is always fun. I let me ask you this question: as on our way out of this podcast, so you see a lot of people on the internet uh, specifically because that's where people talk trash these days, and they say, you know, it's better. It's better for the rivalry and better for college basketball uh, when IU is good, and it's better for the Purdue-IU rivalry when IU is good. No, I don't care. I I don't want IU to be good. I want IU to lose every game every year. Um, Am I alone in this, or do you feel that way too? No, I totally feel that way. And uh, To be honest, IU-Purdue nationally doesn't mean a damn thing. Neither of our name brands 
matter nationally. Well, and we haven't in both real been, we both haven't been ranked in that game in quite a while. No, because IU hasn't been good in like a decade and a half. <laughs> I think that might be a little bit of a stretch, but I'll go with it just like, because it's IU slander. I I mean Archie Miller was a total misfire. Their best teams oh, yeah, he were was all just terrible. March disappointments. Yeah. Like I don't know what they're holding their hat on to. Like Oh, they're holding their hat on the uh, I know. the watch I, I know what shot from IU Kentucky. <laughs> what was that, 10 years ago now? Or or Banner, just Banner. So, yeah, there you go. There you go. So now that we've we've dumped on IU, I think that's enough for today. Uh, we hope you enjoy uh, your holidays, and we will be back with you uh, midweek to talk about – or Monday. Yeah, we'll be back with you Monday to talk about the upcoming bowl game against Tennessee. So for Casey and myself, you all have a great night. Happy holidays, everyone.